audio rolling. Let me just do a quick marker so that way I can see that. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Those were totally synced. I could tell. Mm -hmm. Really, it's going to make editing so easy for me. Um, <laughs> I'll do another one. My No, no, no. The point of that <laughs> is if we were in the same room, it would synchronize our audio. One more time? No. <laughs> You're the worst. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Happy New Year, and welcome back to the Fandom Handbook. I'm your host, Tony Pinella, and typically this is the show that serves as a how-to guide on how best to navigate long-running television series or convoluted film franchises. However, as we enter a new year, I wanted to take an opportunity to look back at 2021. And who better to do that with than the person I saw the majority of movies with, my girlfriend, Marissa Flores. We start off by covering movies that didn't quite make our list, either because they got slightly edged out of the top 10, or they were fast and furious. <laughs> After that, we go film by film through our top 10 movies of 2021. We had an absolutely wonderful time recording this episode, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. So today I am joined by my favorite person to watch movies with. Uh, I think the vast majority of movies this year I obviously saw with you. You can hear her in her podcast, Your Friends Suck. Uh, and I can hear her very regularly because she's <laughs> uh, my girlfriend, Marissa Flores. Marissa, welcome to the show. That was like a dream. If anyone ever has to introduce me for anything, that should be what it is. I get to hear her regularly, which could be <laughs> not a compliment. <laughs> Well, it is a compliment in this instance because oh, I appreciate that. I, not only, I mean, I know you're one of my favorite people, but you're also quite the movie buff. And I've had the absolute joy to see, goodness, 40 movies this year, which mm -hmm. is a vast improvement on last year. Mm -hmm. uh, every year since, goodness, I think 2013, I've written down every movie that I saw. And uh, 2020, I didn't even have a top 10. <laughs> well, I really think like 2020 in general didn't have its own top 10. I think you are not in right. the minority in that well, aspect. I mean, there was like streaming options. And the sad mm -hmm. thing was, I was like, I can't make a top 10 list. Like Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> is on this list. I think that might have been the last, one of the last movies I saw in theaters in 2020. But mm -hmm. with 2021, we were thankfully able to return to theaters. Uh, you know, about midway through the year, which was mm -hmm. wonderful. Uh, we're out here on the East Coast and, you know, in New York City, high vaccination rates and uh, proof of vaccination to get into the movies definitely helps to feel a little safer going to the movies. And the interesting part about 2021 versus 2020, obviously, is that we did have a lot of movies that made theatrical releases. And then we had the weird combination of we're releasing it on the app and we're releasing it in theaters. Right. Um, so that's a very interesting like transition we're making for movie releases is that in between of like, are we seeing it in theaters? Are we seeing it at home? Are we paying $30 to watch? watch Mulan at home or are we going to go to a theater? Spoiler alert, it? we didn't. Um, we didn't. <laughs> I, uh, we did well, not. And of course, I mean, that, that we could bring up the whole controversy with Scarlett Johansson suing Disney over 
you know, Black Widow being streamed. But we're not. No, <laughs> we're no not. that's not what this episode is about. No. Um, but my my point is that some of our top 10 was stuff that obviously wasn't released in theaters at all. And if you weren't mm. in like this niche category of people that happened to stumble upon it, you maybe have never heard or seen some of this stuff. That's a key thing about this episode. I think typically the podcast is meant to be a how-to guide recommending how, you know, how do you mm-hmm. navigate such and such. This episode, it is just our opinions and this is our experience and our personal completely unprofessional unsolicited opinions (laughs) about movies that you may or may not have seen we also turns out uh didn't see some of the top rated movies oh yeah so uh, just to give a little disclaimer when we go through our top 10 uh marissa i believe you have uh the top 10 domestic box office grocers Mm -hmm. do you want me just to run through these bad boys uh just the ones that don't appear on our list. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Shang-Chi was actually number two in the top, um, box office domestic grossing, um, which is very interesting. It was pretty high on both of our lists. Yes. And I, it was a very good movie overall. It was. Uh, I'm very bummed that Shang-Chi didn't make it on our top 10. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 11 on my list and number 12 on yours. I genuinely really liked that movie. I had a great time with it. It was very fun and entertaining. I I'm, didn't think I would necessarily like love it, but I loved the characters. They were very charismatic and they were very entertaining to watch. And you're not the biggest, like mcu see all the movies person i think this movie did a good job of being Mm self-contained so that someone who hadn't you know seen 20 plus movies you know could still enjoy it for sure the next one venom let there be carnage oh we had an experience (laughs) with venom we watched it together we did in researching the spider-man episode granted that episode went so long that i was like i can't throw in venom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but i was thinking about it at one point and so we rented the first venom on amazon and then we did see the sequel in theaters Mm -hmm. quickie review of that i would say the first venom using our normal rubric of uh, must watch, worth watching, etc. Mm-hmm. I'd say the first one is a worth watch for sure. Mm-hmm. It was very entertaining, and they're they're fun characters. Like to get them to watch them interact together, and then this new one, it felt like it was a stepping stone between that one and something else. It's it was weird, and I think mm-hmm. you know the thing I enjoy about Venom is the character Venom and Eddie Brock in the first mm-hmm. one. I think we developed such a kinship, and then this whole movie is just them not together and so i was like i everything i like has been removed Mm. um yeah uh what else what else was on that uh next is black widow which i enjoyed as a movie itself but again a person that doesn't watch all of the mcu movies i my opinion doesn't your opinion matters i think especially i think i think it was i mean i thought as a person who was just seeing it as just watching black widow out of context of most other things it was a very entertaining movie i liked the characters i thought they were a funny like weird mishmash family dynamic um but like was it like crazy mind-blowing of a concept for like a superhero movie quote-unquote probably not no honestly it it's sort of wanted to do what the incredibles did perfectly and like the whole family dynamic thing you know Mm -hmm. they they had a slightly different take on it and it was interesting for me it's skippable if you are invested in the MCU, sure, see it. Otherwise, just go rewatch The Incredibles. I think I think it is a much better movie. That is just my hot take. Uh, number five. You're going to love this. Oh, boy. 
Oh no, F- is this Cars in Space? I just have this gut feeling. I knew that movie made a lot of money. F9, oh, the God. Fast Saga. Uh-huh. I think listen, is- listen, listen, listen. Okay. This movie was made for people who love Fast and Furious. Clearly. Not for Tony and I to go see. <laughs> this was not a movie built for like your average moviegoer who was like, yeah, it's a new release. I'll go see it. We need we we didn't know characters. We didn't know plot lines. Oh, nothing's explained. A car flings into space for no conceivable reason. It's it's fun at points. Here's what I will say. It's just I would much <laughs> rather it watch anything else. To be fair, but <laughs> I the thing is, you know, as someone who loves franchises, and will there ever be an episode, a Fast and Furious Ooh. episode of the Fanta Handbook? Probably not because I should I just watch them all. Oh no! Are you <laughs> gonna make back. me watch all of these car <laughs> I'll movies? I'll come back anyway. Um, the thing is, what I will say in comparison to the big franchises that I do love, I feel mm-hmm. like while I would not recommend watching the final installment of several series, like I wouldn't say watch Avengers Endgame out of context mm-hmm. or. Don't watch, you know, the final of any of the Star Wars movies. It was definitely out of context. Right. But even then, I will say that there is a cohesive plot in those movies. Like, if you watch, you're like, okay, I don't know who Iron Man, Captain America, Ant-Man, you know, at least 20 characters are, but I can follow the mission, and I can understand what is happening. Fast and failure, it's just like, (laughs) it's this awful hodgepodge of, like, cars doing things that aren't possible which could be fun if the movie had this goofy tone, but then it also takes itself so damn seriously. And we're meant to like really care about these traumatic backstories and they spend like so much time. You know on what? It. I think I, I think you spent enough time on F9. We gotta run through the We're gonna get sorry, sorry. <laughs> F9, truly my my lowest, my forty out of forty on my list. It is the worst. He could movie truly ever. go on about that movie for the next forty five minutes. I so could. I'm gonna cut him off here for the sake of you all. You're welcome. You know what? You are my favorite co host. You can cut me off anytime you want. Number Number six. <laughs> number six. Actually, the next two I didn't see. Um, so number six is Eternals, and number seven is No Time to Die. Oh, okay. So No Time to Die was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I w- Here's the thing. I'm not a James Bond person. But I feel like those movies you can see out of context and still be entertaining. As someone who's seen the last two out of context, um, I would say the last one wasn't very enjoyable, but this one was a good time. It okay. was... It felt like a culmination to something that I wasn't heavily invested in, but mm-hmm. I still enjoyed. Eternals is very disappointing, and I really wanted to like it, and my like quickie review of that would just be, there's, once again, too many characters, and they focused out of the group on the least interesting ones for most of the time. Like it's all this whole, like we're searching for our friends and they literally introduced us to the Eternals in the order from least interesting to most interesting, which by the end we meet the last couple and I'm like, why weren't we with these guys? Also Angelina Jolie's in it? Question mark. I don't, I forgot. All right. You know what I want to say right now? Fast and Furious Disney MCU. I just want to say that I wasn't the one that badmouthed these. So if you ever need like a quirky, fun side character to come in for one line, I'm still eligible. Tony, we may have taken off the table completely, I, but uh, listen, I'm still here. I didn't say anything. Listen, bad. you can stream this terrible movie along with a bunch of other great <gasps> movies on Disney Plus. Anyway, that could work as a promo, right? I can I can badmouth that and Cruella, another movie that came out this year that was terrible. Oh, I didn't think it was terrible. That's a different. We could go through the we bottom could. ones and argue them all day. That would and be night. a whole other episode. Actually, our top bottom ones would be way more. 
uh, sporadic and different than I think our top 10 would that be. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is A Quiet Place Part 2, which we did see very early on in the year. We did. I liked it. I did too. It was, it obviously is reminiscent of the first one. Sure. We, a lot of not speaking during the movie, but it was good. <laughs> it was very good. Um, I'd give it like a solid, like worth watching for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially, obviously see the first one first. Um, mm-hmm. The first one I'd say is a must watch. This one was like, it was also very good. Yeah, and I think the, the first one definitely was more for, like, a horror movie, a horror monster movie yeah. uh, film. It was definitely more revolutionary in the fact that, like, oh, we can't make a sound. Like, so you're not relying on, like, the horrific screams. You're not relying on, like, tense dialogue. You're having to rely on the character's tense moments of just, like, these looks and very small movements to build it. And I think that, yeah. I mean, the second one did a good job of, like, continuing that theme, obviously. Um there's but, so yeah. much tension in the silence that just builds and it's and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. So that was also that added to the experience of being quiet in a sparsely populated masked theater. The next one's is Ghostbusters Afterlife, which neither of us saw. <laughs> so I am a bad nerd. I've never seen any Ghostbusters. <laughs> you are a bad dude. Oh no, that's not true. I did see the all female cast controversial okay. Ghostbusters, which mm-hmm. wasn't bad. But the fact that I've seen that and not the original, I think, is a stain on my reputation. For Ghostbusters, I do think you have to see the original to kind of be able to compare and contrast them a little bit better. Um, It is one of those things where, like, the originals is so, like, goofy and fun and kind of leans into that. And I would be interested to see if this most recent one kind of does that, too. doesn't take itself too seriously and stuff. But that's obviously what the female cast one did as well. Right. Well, and... Paul Rudd. I like Paul Rudd. I'd be interested to see what he brings to to the table. I love Paul Rudd. And then number 10 is Free Guy. I I quite (laughs) liked Free Guy. I thought it was a great time. I I think you liked it more than I did. When we initially came out of the theater, Tony was doing a deep analysis of Free Guy. And my point was like, it's another Ryan Reynolds movie that's just trying to be goofy and make money at the box office, and that and is exactly like, what it is. But if I could rewrite is. the whole movie, I basically did a personalized episode of the <laughs> podcast in real time for her, and and what's weird about that is she couldn't unsubscribe from it in real time. That's, yeah, I couldn't like walk away, block, turn down the volume, nothing. So I'm glad I took that one for I you. I liked it though. I I had a lot of thoughts that, about it and things that I think could have been improved. But just because I thought it could have been better doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it for what it, it was. I also, yes, I, I did. I liked that it was basically a parody movie of <laughs> Fortnite. And it was with Ryan Reynolds. And that is exactly what I wanted when I went into it. That was a big 2021 thing for us was playing a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Fortnite. It, was, it was such a staple of our 2021 that I made a purchase of a skin in Fortnite as a grown adult. I do feel I, it I, was worth it. If you were going to ever purchase one, it does feel as if Spider-Man is the one that you yeah, should I have don. that forever now. So. Yeah. Um, side note, our first movie that we saw back was Spiral. Oh, my God. You know, another big staple of our year was horror movies. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. I have never been a horror movie person before dating you. And mm-hmm. we had this whole thing where, unfortunately, I think the horror movies that we saw this year did not make our top ten. Mm-hmm. Um Honorable mention to Candyman, though. That was, oh my gosh, I think that yeah. was, uh, on my list, it's number 14. Mm-hmm. It was it was so good. It just didn't quite crack the, the top, but like Halloween this year, we watched a bunch of movies. We watched mm-hmm. a bunch of the Saw movies. Uh, I was ex- I was like basically shock exposing Tony to the entire content <laughs> <laughs> section that he had no idea existed. Yeah. I think the thing about Candyman, one, is that it was beautifully shot, and two, yeah. it did do... 
a good continuation of the original story, which we didn't realize when we saw it. <laughs> right. We saw them in reverse order. We saw the new one and thought this was fantastic mm-hmm. and then went back and saw the original for what it was. And it was interesting to see um, all of the improvements that mm-hmm. the that the new one brought to the narrative. Well, and I think the original was really just trying to be a horror movie. And then this new spin on it was like, let's show the horrors of gentrification and what happens when the black community is interacting with the police and why there's this deep rooted generational fear of that. And I think that was much more apparent. And I mean, obviously you could have gone and just seen it for uh, the horror movie that it was. Well, in the original is still, you know, as you said, it's a great horror movie. Mm -hmm. It is scary, but Mm -hmm. it, you know, this had some very worthwhile commentary. Um, the, the 2021 for, sorry, what year is this? No, no, wait, no, it is, <laughs> yeah, that was right. 2021. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. these years are all just melding together. Um, the new version of it definitely had a lot to say in its Absolutely. narrative. Yeah. I will also throw uh, Space Jam Legacy into the mix of a movie. I, very close F9 levels of hatred. Talk about a movie that is an advertisement. Like, I don't even need to do an ad break. If you go and see Space Jam, a new Warner Brothers ad campaign it's uh it's it's uh, just awful it is awful Uh, i am not an actor or even interested in becoming an actor at any point but for some reason i feel bad bad mouthing franchises because i'm like well what if someday (laughs) they just need somebody to be lola's voice that's completely different than what the original character is? what if lebron james is listening to this podcast and he was having a great day i don't want him to feel bad and then i came in and i was like you basically did a giant advert for Harry Potter. I would and hate for Warner Vin Brothers. Diesel to lose sleep at night because we're a bad mom. <laughs> That's the issue that I'm having right now because just truly, like... family is <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Um, any other? Uh, I will say I haven't seen the new Matrix movie. I've only seen the first one. To be fair, um, mm-hmm. I'm I to... have seen I have seen the original Matrix. Um, I have heard very mixed reviews about the new Matrix movie. Okay. Um, apparently if you are listening to this and have not seen it and you're like, Oh, I should go watch it. Apparently there is some triggering content and that kind of comes out of nowhere during it. I did hear about that actually. So I would warn that. And I would also say that for in general, the movies that we are going to talk about in our top 10 also have some of those themes. So that is true. We should definitely address that when we get to those installments. I'll say for myself, the Diana, the, or no, Spencer with, um, Kristen Stewart. First of all, Tony watched Twilight for the first time this year. So everyone can... (laughs) Give him a round of applause for finally, movies, Twilight. finally, we're getting Tony caught up to date on all of the content he should have watched growing up. <laughs> forget um, Spider-Man. I needed to watch. Forget, forget Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker looming <laughs> over Gwen Stacy. We got to watch Edward Cullen sneak mm. into her bedroom. God. <laughs> um, but I've heard that Spencer was amazing and we did not end up getting to see that. I've heard right. that... Um, King Richard was incredible, which That's I still do streamable. We still watch 100% that. 100% plan on watching I that. always, so my tradition with movies mm-hmm. is I give myself until the end of January to mm-hmm. finish my list for the, the prior year just because there are so many movies that come out at Christmas. Yeah. And so it's like I won't have time to see some of the, especially the Oscar contenders. I won't mm-hmm. have time to see some of those movies. So it was very thick from like October till December. Yeah. There so I feel like like King Richard is definitely on my list of things to watch before the end of the month. Um, yeah. So with all that, let's move on to our top ten movies. Woo! 
So the funny thing is, we were talking about whether we should both have our separate lists to share or if we should do some sort of aggregate situation. Mm -hmm. However, uh, in looking through our options, we both have the same 10 movies in our top 10. So I figured Mm -hmm. it would be more interesting rather than us both listing the same movies in a different order. Yeah. Um, I would say it's more worthwhile to list the aggregate. So I took the average placement on both of our lists for each of these movies, and we will be going through them in uh, order from 10th place to first. Um, We haven't talked about this. Do you want to start? Do you want to be the odd numbers or the even numbers? Um. I'll let you be the odd numbers because okay. it looks like certain ones are falling on odd okay. that you sure. maybe. <laughs> okay, so for number 10, we actually it was very close on our list. Like it wasn't, yeah. didn't have to be average too much was The Green Knight. Um, and we saw this in like a real small theater. <laughs> it felt like there was like 20 seats. I feel like, I mean, definitely the, the A24, you know, film buff types you know definitely try to get out to see this movie um personally i've had a hankering for a good fantasy movie for a hot second i mean mm-hmm. i love myself some lord of the rings and as someone who plays D, i'm like i want more i, I want more <laughs> heroic tales of knights mm-hmm. in arthurian legends and i you know this definitely uh isn't the most traditional mm-hmm. interpretation of one of those stories but it yeah. definitely uh scratched that itch a little bit for for sure personally and i think honestly more than anything especially i'm like glancing through this list this is one of the more like visually beautiful movies that are in the top 10 it is it's a stunning movie there's parts that kind of still don't make sense to me to be 100 (laughs) percent honest um this is a movie that needs a rewatch for sure like the giant people walking through the field yeah (laughs) the giant people walking through the field that you see in the commercial still don't 100% make sense, (laughs) even in context. Um, But it is, like, truly a stunning movie. I think whether you're into the poetry of that era or or if you're just going to see a movie for fun and, yeah, you might not get what the giant walker people are, (laughs) uh, I think you'll still be able to aesthetically enjoy this movie as well as it is an interesting story. Uh, It Mm -hmm. is... You know, to get into it, uh, it's the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight who challenges him on Christmas Day mm-hmm. and him going about uh, fulfilling this quest to face him once more. It definitely has some, uh, uh, I was going to say adult themes, but it, it definitely has some <laughs> grit to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's certainly not, uh, it's not your Lord of the Rings share it with the kids, you know, and, but it's, it's, it's got a very dark tone and it, mm-hmm. it serves the story well. Yeah. Uh, do I think this movie is absolutely for everyone? I would say no. No. This isn't like one of those ones I'd be like, oh, I would recommend this movie to anybody. It yeah. is one of those things that like you either need to appreciate fantasy or you need to appreciate like visuals and stuff yeah. like that in general. The storytelling's done very well, but I think you do have to have kind of an interest at least in one of those things for it to be specifically appealing to you. I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, I think as far as the movies on this list they're all going to be at least a worth watching, mm-hmm. you know, maybe with the premise of, as you put it, you know, maybe for certain audiences, maybe not, not their cup of tea, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think this is, I would put it at a worth watch. For sure. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take us into the next movie on our list. 
So what's interesting about this year, I will say, while Marissa introduced me to the world of horror, <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways I have introduced you, or at least given you more exposure to the world of musical theater. Well, and especially this year, there was so much of it released. Truly. That the content was endless to go Oh through. my goodness. We... I think we have a, at least a couple of those mm -hmm. movies um, on this list, but um, one of the big ones in a classic is West Side Story, which of course I've grown up knowing this, knowing the story and loving it, <laughs> and loving the music, and you know being named Tony. I have sung Maria on many an occasion. You know, I I grew up loving this this story and this interpretation of Romeo and Juliet, and I just think that this. Uh, I was about to say revival. This isn't a Broadway show, but this this remake of West Side Story does a great job of having its own identity and and taking what is essential to the original while also looking at this story through a new lens. Uh, Marissa, on the other hand, you had never seen or maybe even heard any of the music from this. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was truly going into this it's kind of like a lot of the mcu movies i don't have a point of reference i don't understand like what's going to be good or bad about it i'm either going to enjoy it or not enjoy it at the end right. of the movie and it doesn't have any nostalgia attached to it <laughs> at yeah. all for me so i i mean it's a beautiful movie i think that the beyond controversy like the acting was very good i totally yeah. understand people pushing back against it because of certain controversies yeah. um however Acting was amazing. The music was amazing. Yeah. Um, it is a very like beautiful movie in general. Um, obviously, if you're into musical theater in general, you're going to love it. Oh, this is a must watch for anyone who is in that yes. realm. Yes, and I think if you aren't into musical theater, this is a movie you can still enjoy. Um, I think especially like I, until like two years ago, probably <laughs> wouldn't have said that I'm like super into musical theater or of <laughs> any of my friends. I probably would have been like the least educated. Um, but I did, I mean, I still enjoy it even though I had no point of reference of like, what's happening? How is this going to end? I will say, as much as you talked about me having some opinions coming out of Free Guy, it was really fun to experience <laughs> this movie through the eyes of someone who had no context. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've been a 16, 17 year old that's just like absolutely smitten with somebody, but it's <laughs> it took place over like 48 hours. I just was like, it doesn't make sense to me that they were like, okay, we're just gonna leave. Like there was just pieces of it that I was like, this doesn't seem realistic, but if I've learned anything from musical theater, a day in a romance uh, in a musical theater production <laughs> is about a year in normal life. So I just have to take that. They're children. They're very uh, innocent. Nip, nip, Their nip, love nip, is so nip. pure. Oh God, Tony just looks over at me at one point with tears streaming down his face being like, their love is so <laughs> pure. And like <laughs> me, oh my dry eyes. I was like, <laughs> they're in a gymnasium. <laughs> They're in a gym. <laughs> I think part dance. of it was I ha loving this story as much as I do. I was so definitely anticipating certain parts coming <laughs> up. Um, so yeah, I was. Granted, I was welling up with tears at at the very start of the, you know hearing the soundtrack. Um, Jesus, but uh, <laughs> I know. But the thing is, I I do think. I mean. I'd be remiss not to mention, I mean, Rachel Zegler is mm -hmm. a star in the making. I cannot wait to see her as Snow White in live action Snow White. Like, she's going to be amazing. So the actor that played Riff, I thought was also amazing. And so I, you had good. said he's obviously a music theater person, but me not having that point of reference, he was incredible, I thought, during it, the entire you, thing. You know who he was uh, previously? Yeah, Another Riff. movie we saw this year. <laughs> well, he was Riff, but um, uh, as someone who 
hadn't really hadn't seen a Broadway show until it reopened mm-hmm. this year. Um, he was in the original cast of Dear Evan Hansen. You did say that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, what's the name of the the kid who? Connor. Spoiler alert. Connor. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh I can't even God. say. And he pretends like he's a musical theater fan. Trigger trigger warning for the musical because of you know the the topics mm-hmm. of suicide and you know that. Uh, trigger warning for the movie because it's. <laughs> Just a terrible experience. Again, <laughs> Tony has his own opinions. I'm going to keep quiet, just in case anybody ever needs to cast me in I'm anything. I'm too old to be Evan Hansen. I'm okay. <sighs> You're not going to see me waving through a window with a cast. I'm fine. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I did want to say, I mean, Steven Spielberg brilliantly directed mm-hmm. this movie. There's times with the visuals that, I mean, mm-hmm. once again, I, I just, it was stunning. Um, <laughs> I got to throw in an Ariana DeBose. I think she's going to be nominated for an Oscar, folks. Um, I think her Anita is is so good. Um, in America, she's dancing like there's no tomorrow. And Rita Moreno is is a national treasure. And the fact that they were able to work her into this movie mm-hmm. uh, in a way that paid tribute to the original, but also, you know, didn't distract from what was going on. I, I, I think mm-hmm. I think this movie is very well executed it is also very fun as people who only speak english to go to a film that is also in spanish with no subtitles and listen yes. to parts of the audience like react to pieces that you don't understand what's going on and yeah. then the other part of that is there was there was a couple that was sitting next to us that clearly spoke spanish because they were laughing at parts i had no idea what was going on and then there's a scene where there's like shadows that are cast across the floor mm-hmm. and the kid next to us just goes all right, Steve, and like does like a little clap, and I was like, "Oh, you're on first name, uh, you're on first name basis with Mr. Spielberg. That's very interesting." Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it is a beautiful movie in general. You've created the perfect segue. Uh, speaking of movies that are bilingual and have Spanish-speaking parts in it, um, our number eight. Granted, wait, you're you're doing this intro. Yeah, he's like kind of stealing my moment. Sorry, but it's I, fine. Still, I just um, I really you set up the segue of uh, bringing number eight is Encanto. Thank you all for coming here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Encanto was it, it's fun, it's musical, it's got a lot of family trauma. <laughs> honestly, I to have a, a family movie that deals with generational trauma, mm-hmm. I think is brilliant um i'm so glad that that it exists in the disney canon which is so funny that somebody had posted on social media being like i went with my boyfriend and he was not understanding like why certain people were mad during the movie and she was just like oh you cannot like this at all oh but it was like it's a very it's a very good movie just of uh like certain expectations that are set up by your family or like your own heritage and like feeling like you have to either meet them or conform to certain different things to be successful quote unquote it is also interesting somebody else had pointed this out on social media that i saw that i didn't necessarily think of of like the like pecking order of children and how like the oldest sibling is perfect and then the middle two have like their own specific things that they have to be and then the youngest is like this certain thing it is very it's a fun movie though even if you get rid of the trauma (laughs) it's strange to have a movie whose antagonist isn't you know, an evil sea witch or mm-hmm. a captain with a hook on his hand, but it mm-hmm. is in fact uh, not. To, I shouldn't spoil it, but it is in mm-hmm. fact the family structure and this toxicity mm-hmm. that exists within pressures from um, and those expe- expectations. Those are truly yeah. that is truly the uh, antagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also there's a magical house that like you know moves yeah. and dances and stuff, and that's great too. But I, I think what was cool about all the the use of the the magical powers and all that 
I think they picked the right abilities for each family mm-hmm. member. This is telling of any really superhuman story is, mm-hmm. you know, is it the right superpower uh, or could it just be changed out? Because this movie would not play the same way if, for instance, if Luisa's power wasn't uh, super strength. Mm-hmm. Like, that is clearly a part of her character. Yeah. It's um, like, it's it's one of those things where, too, like, if you think about, like, mood affecting the weather and how that impacts everyone around her and you right. think about the middle one of the middle siblings how they have like supersonic hearing it's so out a lot of times like once you've had like things are said in front of kids that you maybe not necessarily think that they're hearing right. and stuff like that it's just common it's like the little commentary on those things and then kind of with <laughs> these beautiful images and like this yeah. fun song placed over top of it the animation is gorgeous um so if you don't dig into it too much it's still a great movie but if oh, yeah. you do it like has more of an impact i feel like yeah absolutely um the music i mean Lin-Manuel Miranda makes does he make a couple appearances on this list? I think he does. Oh, yeah, no, he makes three appearances on this list in a sense. He is not featured in the movie, but he wrote the music for it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a fan of his ever since uh, his first musical, which is on this list. I'll get to that. But uh, I just think he you can sort of hear his voice, not in a literal sense, but you can hear his voice in this music. I mean, talk about a guy who's, you know, his work is very much focused on like legacy and to Mm -hmm. then have this movie. I mean, obviously that's a big theme in Hamilton and that's a big theme in uh, another installment in this list in the Heights. But, uh, you know, this movie, once again, sort of fits into that canon of like, who am I in this structure? And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think, uh, our protagonist, uh, Mirabel voiced by Stephanie Beatrice is just, you feel for her in this whole process. Mm -hmm. I argue that I think this is the first must watch on this list i think universally i think Mm -hmm. anyone anyone can watch this movie and get something out of it well hopefully lynn never does like a musical version of fast and furious because you're (laughs) definitely not going to get to be a part of that just so you legacy oh my god and speaking of lynn manuel miranda sorry you know i wanted to take your no 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 no, no. i would never take your moment away from you go right ahead no please tell me about in the heights (sighs) so number seven since tony already said it (laughs) Is in the Heights. It is. And and as somebody who happened to live in Washington Heights, um, you were pretty much crying as soon as this movie started as well. Well, here's the thing. This movie is also about gentrification. And yes, I have lived in the Heights. A white and man. I'm, I know. I'm part of the problem. Um, but that aside, uh, my history with this movie extends even before living in Washington Heights for a time. I loved this movie as a as a white kid in the middle of Indiana, like as a, as a teenager. You love um, this musical is what you meant to say. The, oh, sorry. The music. Yes. Sorry. I've loved this musical. It, you know, it premiered on Broadway in 2008 and mm. oddly, you know what? It is very much like Encanto in the sense of the antagonist of this movie isn't some looming villain, but it mm. is the family structure and how is this community, you know, going to thrive with all these pressures put on them. And I, I mean, when I first saw the show on Broadway, I saw Corbin Blue was my Usnavi, and he mm. was brilliant. Um, and I just was smitten with this music that, once again, being a kid in Indiana, I had not been exposed to. And to see that mm. this, to see this community that loved each other so much and was meaning well, but but not communicating, uh, this story just warmed my heart. And so ever since then, I've I've loved this story. And I think this film adaptation of it not, not only does it justice, but it improves upon the source material. Um, 
Yeah. So I was weeping from the beginning of this one as well, yes. Um, it's worth saying, I feel like I need to do a better job of, of introducing the at least the synopsis a little bit. Um, uh, for those who don't know the story, this is... Uh, this story is about Usnavi, who is a bodega owner in in Washington Heights, um, and he's questioning whether or not he's gonna stick around the city. Um, I think it's worth touching on the cast real quick. I think Anthony Ramos is fantastic as Usnavi. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Hawkins, who was Benny, mm-hmm. I I think he's underrated. I think people aren't freaking out over him like they should. Mm-hmm. I think he brought his own you know, his own experience and his own interpretation to the role. And I just, you feel for Benny Mm -hmm. uh, in this tricky spot he's put in with uh, Nina. Another leading player that I have to highlight both from Encanto and in the Heights is uh, Olga Meredes, who plays Abuela Claudia in this movie and also played the grandmother in Encanto. I mean, she's had a year. Good for her. Mm-hmm. For, for I mean, obviously, Lynn brought her along on, on both these projects, but, I mean, for good reason. She's incredibly talented. Yep, it's a good movie. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, again, I don't have any nostalgia attached to this, so I completely went into it blind as a person who has no idea what the source material is, no idea what it will be about. I vaguely had an idea of the characters based on Tony never stopping talking about this, <laughs> this right. musical. Um, but it's fun. It's entertaining. It is like the pacing through the film is very good. Cause it's one of those things where I feel like it, it can feel long, especially when you're taking like a three hour musical and making it into a film. Sure. It can feel like they're going to be like long, um, but it does keep the pace up that it's entertaining. It keeps you moving through the story. There's not really a low part where we're bored at all. Um, there's something constantly happening. And because there's so many like main characters, quote unquote, we're getting to see into little glimpses of different people's lives and how they're intertwined. Um, and so there's always like a little bit of an issue going on somewhere. So we, yeah. we get to kind of have those little peaks and moments. Um, but overall it's, it's great. It's entertaining. The music, beautiful. The visuals, beautiful. Yeah. The choreography um, is great. Is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the use of the neighborhood, I think, you know, the best movies about New York really, I mean, we said this about the Spider-Man movies as well, but they really allow New York to be a leading player and mm-hmm. to see that neighborhood utilized the way it is. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's beautiful on screen. Do you have any standout like moments or like songs? We've show? been talking about In the Heights for a long what time. What are you talking about? There's never too much. We've been talking about content. it for a long time. Okay, um, you all should just go see it. It's in our top 10 for a reason. That's I'm true. telling you as a not musical theater person to go see That's it. True. This is the one movie this year that like came out that was a musical theater piece that I'm like, yeah, go see Do it. You You're give probably going to like must it. watch, Marissa? Of, so honestly, of the musical theater, theater stuff that we saw if I was like this is a person who's not interested necessarily in musical theater and I was going to give them one from this year I do think in the heights probably is the one that I would tell someone to watch from this year um because it is uh, especially like I feel like this like if I okay when I think of this I think of like my mom I'm like of these of these movies what who which one would I tell her that she should watch because like x y and z sure we love stacy we love Stacy. <laughs> I think In the Heights is the one that I would recommend to her because it's more fast paced. There's something happening the entire time. There's like little bits of drama that's happening constantly. We have all of these intertwined relationships to kind of look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. there's stuff like constantly happening. Um, it's bright. It's beautiful. The dancing is great. And I think the 
I don't think the music, because I think when people think of like, oh, musical movies, they like sometimes they think of High School Musical where it's just like a black stage, a light comes on, the song starts. Where this where is they very think of much like Annie, where it's just like yes. this very Broadway theater sound, and this this mm-hmm. soundtrack is is not that. not show tunes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. And I think this is the one that like of any of them. Is there another one that I liked more? Yes, but for different reasons. But this is the one that I'd be like, yes, if you're not a musical theater person, this is the movie this year that I would tell you to go see. It's not like I'm like, oh, this is 100% watch for everybody. Yeah. I would like pretty, pretty high on you should watch it. Okay, I will, I will begrudgingly. This is Tony's must watch probably. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a step back and say it's like a very strong worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We got to move yes. on from All right, move on. Uh, you get We've to introduce our next movie. Yes. Um, so there is no segue oh, for this please, movie. Please, Because I've it. been sitting here for the last six minutes while Tony has been going on about Lin-Manuel Miranda and In the Heights and New York City and all of these different things. Um, this movie has no no musical numbers. This movie has... If you think about it, Marissa, you know, gentrification... What do you, what is gentrification? It's kind of like a cage almost, you know, you would, it's sort of like Nicolas Cage. Um, All right, we're done. We're done with this. We're done with this. Our number six is Pig. <laughs> our, our number six movie is Pig. So the IMDb synopsis is a truffle hunter who lives alone in the or- Oregonian wilderness. Or Oregonian? Oregonian? Sure. <laughs> anyway. Here we are. Roast me in the reviews. You can leave him one star because I said that. Um, (laughs) Must return to his past in Portland to search for his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. Um, Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, that is what it's about. I just didn't want to give away any plot points because there is certain things that are revealed as it goes on that are kind of important to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, But it stars Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolfe. Um, and they're basically our only characters for the majority of the movie. Yeah. And they both are phenomenal. You know what's crazy about this movie? Uh, it is quite short. Lots of people want to compare the premise to John Wick, where, oh, you know, no. I mean, they're both similar <laughs> premises where it's they both have a loss in, and it involves a, an animal. Mm-hmm. But where John Wick is this sweeping action epic where, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of violence and stuff, this is the most peaceful and calm movie experience of the year, there's, potentially. Mm, there's, there's mild I think action, action I but... Think, yeah, yeah, I'm, He's forgetting a couple of moments. Um, <laughs> okay. But I will say that I think that the way this movie reveals pieces of our main character's life is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's the opposite of in the Heights in the fact that there is one main storyline and that's all we're following right. basically the entire time. Um, we're not cutting away to other characters and like learning more about their drama. We're focused on Nick Cage and Alex Wolf this whole time. Right. I love Alex Wolf. Mm. There's so many things that he has been in that I'm like, this kid is, kid he's probably older than me this kid is phenomenal um and i feel like i haven't seen a nick cage movie in a while that i've been like wow he is honestly you great. this is one of the i mean i i don't think maybe i haven't seen enough nick cage movies but out of the ones mm-hmm. i've seen i feel like he's always you know so big and over the top and crazy and mm-hmm. i think this is the most subtle performance i've seen from yes him. Yeah, yeah it is very subtle and it's very the movie is tense but you're not sure why at the beginning and there's like a heaviness to it that happens throughout the, and it is a very slow burn and it isn't one of those movies that I'm like, wow, you're going to be blown away from it from the very beginning. But I do think it's a very good movie overall. Yeah. I, I don't think there's much more we can say about it without spoiling. Yeah. Um, visually <laughs> it's, I mean, 
do I think it's visually spectacular in the sense of like, oh, the, the kind of visuals we were talking about in Encanto or West Side Story. Or Green Knight even with like CGI. Right. This has no CGI. <laughs> we have a dreary organ. We have, it is. that's basically our backdrop and that's all you need. Again, right. it's not trying to hide behind like fluff or extra characters right. or anything it's like here's what the story is and what we're following and that and this is what you came here to watch it is incredibly grounded i mm-hmm. give pig i mean granted i don't know if there's any content that we have to i mean it's rated r because i mean there is mm-hmm. some violence and language. some language there's definitely language but um mm-hmm. outside of those parameters i give this must watch mm-hmm. it's one of those movies and i would say that's the case with a couple others in the list where it's just i can't tell you much just see this movie and i would say that is the case with pig yeah it's not it's not an action movie so don't go into it thinking it's that right it is more so like a drama and it is one of those movies that you kind of just got to stick with because things are revealed as things happen and so you kind of just have to stick it out in the the reward at the end is you're following this journey of nicholas cage trying to find his truffle pig that's it that's the whole thing yep and alex wolf is like his bumbling sidekick that we just have (laughs) kind of root for the what whole is, time he's like a he's like a pig dealer what is he yeah no he's, he's like, a truffle he's a truffle dealer he's a truffle guy yeah he can't he he buys truffles from nicholas cage right. is the whole premise of their he's even his, interaction he's a truffle with. man truffle man truffle man but <laughs> alex wolf great nicholas cage great yeah. you should just see it it's good um so uh, that was oh. that was number six so number five on our list we're getting into the ones that like i these five i'd be like you gotta watch them i, th- I think these m- you have to. I, there's one that I might question if it's a <gasps> must-watch. Its place on our list is warranted, but I I don't know if it's a universal must-watch, um, okay. which, especially considering which movie it is, people, might, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, people might find surprising, but I have my reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case with this next movie. Um, no. So, uh, in and of itself, it is on Hulu. It was mm-hmm. one... It, I think it may have been the first thing I watched in 2021, Um, Yeah, it is a live taping of a show that ran here in New York, uh, and it features Derek Delgadio, who here's the thing. If I put the descriptor, um, Mm -hmm. he's an illusionist or like a Mm -hmm. magician, you you think this sounds like, oh, it's a magic show, but it's really not. It's it's not it. it This show, unfortunately, for promotional reasons, it's unfortunate that it defies description. And I just watched it. Oh, Do you yeah, want please. me to? Please. Yeah, take, take the reins. <laughs> so this genuinely was the first thing that we watched this year. And it's one of those things we happened to stumble upon it. I can't even remember why we were like, oh, we should watch this. It came up on Hulu and we started it. And by the end, we're both sobbing. Yeah. And it's, I just watched it because I was like, honestly, it's been so long since I've watched this. I probably should watch it again so that I can determine if it deserves this place on this list. And I think I had it as like three on mine. On yours, I believe it is number three. On my personal uh, top 10, it is number six. So it is lower mm. than it is on yours. That could also so, be due to the rewatch that you just he did. He needs to rewatch I it. It's one of those it. things, this one and I think number one and two on this list are one of those things that like, they pop into my mind all of the time. Yeah. Um, and I really think it's, it's Derek retelling stories from his life, um, and kind of relating them to the audience and like how we, the overall like theme is how we view ourselves labels that others give us and how those things don't define us as human beings. And that is such a 
blanket statement for what the show really is yeah. because it is there's certain things in the show I still can't figure out how it's done right. <laughs> um but overall it's like every little story has something that I think if you don't take away something from all of them you take something away from at least one of them um and it's it's so vulnerable him standing there and recounting some of the darkest stories of his life and he's sharing them with you because he's like, I'm showing you my hand because I know that you as a person can understand this and will empathize with it and mm -hmm. you can take something from it as well. I will um, also say on the flip side of that, though, there are definitely some moments of levity. And I think the moments mm -hmm. that surprise you, some some moments are grim, but some moments are mm -hmm. are funny and there's moments where... Mm -hmm. where uh, You're sobbing, but you're laughing all the time. Right, there's... <laughs> The use of illusion in this, I think, mm -hmm. uh, as a storytelling mechanism, it, it, it catches you off guard at certain points, mm -hmm. and not in Absolutely. a bad way. It's it's no. it's I, very much like what Marissa said. It's hard to quantify what mm -hmm. this is. And to be fair, that is kind of what in and of itself is about, mm -hmm. how we do try to assign labels to things. And so in mm -hmm. reviewing this movie... It doesn't have one. You can't do that to this yeah. movie. Yeah. It's it's not a magic show and it's he's an illusionist, but it's used so well in the storytelling. Like you've already said, it's used so well in the storytelling. It doesn't feel like he's pulling a dove out of a hat for no reason. Right. Everything feels purposeful and it's put there for a reason, not just to get an audience reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really think I can say anything else. That's it. It is, however, heavy content. Um, yes. So if you are not in a place where you can watch that, I recommend saving it for a time that you can. Yeah. But it is one of those things that is such a great reflection to kind of sit there, watch it. I do actually recommend New Year's is a great time to watch it if you are in the mood for it. Um, Absolutely. Because it is a good reminder of like, who am I? What are the labels that I put on myself? And why do I do that? Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, pfft, why do I get all the hard segues? I was... <laughs> I listen. You had your choice between odds or evens, and I was. Well, I wanted to give you the musical theater pieces. To be I fair, I know it. So that means I you know. have to do Spider Man. All right. Well, <laughs> tell, I just spent a whole episode talking about Spider Man. You get to tell us about who Spider Man is for the for a change. All right, kids. <laughs> um, welcome to my podcast for number four. We have never talked about Spider-Man in this podcast universe, so welcome. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Never heard of it. You basically, if you don't know, <laughs> never heard of it. If you don't know what this movie's about, I recommend going back to the previous episode and giving that a listen uh, so you can kind of get a better idea where we're headed for this movie. Um, but basically, it's the third installment of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and we are getting into the kind of shenanigans that are happening after Mysterio has released into the world that Peter Parker is in fact Spider-Man. Yeah, we've had an identity reveal. How was that? You did you did a great job. Thank yeah. you. That came out of I'm my very head. proud. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say that I did listen to the podcast in order to prep to go see this movie, just so everyone knows. Honestly, as someone who rewatched every theatrical Spider-Man movie uh, to record the podcast before seeing the this new one, mm -hmm. I think this is what I was saying about there's one that I can't give a universal must watch. I think this movie is unlike any other Spider-Man movie. And I, I, I truly think mm -hmm. it is an experience meant for those who have an appreciation for the movies that came before. Yeah. And absolutely. so I would say it really, I would highly recommend seeing as many previous Spider-Man movies, not just mm -hmm. of Tom Holland's age, but really it harkens back to, yeah. you know, all of these movies. Well, 
I'll give you this in case you need to edit this Please. out. Please. Um, so I, if you are someone who follows the MCU, you know that the multiverse has happened. And we've seen in the previews that villains from other Spider-Man universes have come into play at this point. Right. So it is, it is kind of one of those things where like, if I hadn't seen those Spider-Mans where we have Doc Ock, I wouldn't have that point of reference. Um, so it does make it a little bit more uh, interesting to watch, I think, because otherwise it's not as interesting. I think it is possible to watch this movie without knowing anything prior. Oh, yes. I think you'd be confused. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think I think it, it's still a story. I mean, just like with Into the Spider-Verse, which I think is... I still argue that's mm-hmm. probably the best Spider-Man movie that exists, but you know we're, we're introduced to a bunch of alternate universe characters in that movie, and we don't have backstories that are fleshed out for all of them necessarily. But you know, it's still mm-hmm. a story of elements from other universes being pulled yeah. in that are similar but different to what exists, and so that that can still be compelling and good to watch. Mm-hmm. But if you're not fully, you know, uh, caught up on everything Spider-Man, I definitely mm-hmm. recommend at least watching the well, actually. What am I doing recommending things right now? Go listen to the previous podcast about what you need to watch before, you know, you've yeah. seen this new movie. Just watch as many of them as you can. It is funny that you've now seen this movie and you give a different recommendation than you would have Yeah, oh, previously. absolutely. But what I will say is for those who who have watched these movies leading up to this, um, it is, with absolutely no spoilers, it is everything you could hope it would be and more. As a person who isn't, like, super into... Spider-Man lore, sure. question mark. Um, it is, no matter what, face value, it's a very fun movie to watch. Yes. <laughs> There's great jokes that land perfectly. Tom Holland is so charismatic in it. Zendaya and what is the... Uh, Ned. Jacob are both great friends yeah. in this movie. Like, you can literally think of people that when you were in high school that, like, are like these people. And, like, the humor that they have is so funny. And just, like, the interactions that they have with certain yeah. other characters are great. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is fantastic. I think he's mm-hmm. a great foil. Uh, I, well, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, is their interaction with Benedict's character is great. Because they're just, like, these seniors to be like, um, so what? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, overall, it's a very fun movie to watch. It's very actiony it's got humor it's got some lightheartedness and then heartbreak as well yeah, absolutely and i think with absolutely no spoilers once again the i mean obviously there are action sequences and whether you have all the attachment to these characters or not mm-hmm. comparing this to fast and furious the whichever <laughs> number sequel like mm-hmm. with this movie yes it has those action sequences that are so impressive and brilliant to mm-hmm. see and yet everything that happens action-wise is tied to the emotional heart of what is happening in the story. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, let's launch cars into space. <laughs> yes, it's definitely pushing the story along. It's not yes. trying to like just blow up a car for no reason. Absolutely. There's there's so much emotion in every every fight. I I can't I can bleep myself saying like the fight between Spider-Man and is packed with with this friction between these two characters who just don't see eye to eye versus just like I am bad guy I am Spider-Man I I punch you you know it, it, yeah mm-hmm. unfortunately I cannot give it a must watch I will give it the strongest of worth watchings must watch if you are a Spider-Man fan but worth watch 
wholeheartedly just see as many of the prior movies as you can before seeing it. Here's my thing. As a person who just saw movies this year, and again, almost all of these movies, if they were theater release, musical releases or if they were related to the MCU, the top five, I would say, are must-watch movies for me. Okay. Only because I think even this Spider-Man, are you going to appreciate it as deeply and wholeheartedly as Dev and Tony <laughs> appreciated it when we went to see it together in theaters? Probably not. But as a person who maybe just like in passing is like, I want to see a Spider-Man movie and this is just happens to be the one that's out. You're still going to find it funny. You're still going to find it entertaining and you're going to buy into the suspense and the action that's happening. So for like a superhero movie that came out this year, it's pretty high on my list of like, you probably should watch this one. Yeah, that's totally fair. Are you going to get inside jokes? Probably not. Are you going to get like certain things out of it? Probably not, but you're still going to like it. I almost guarantee. Yeah. I think that's a very valid must watch rating to give it um yeah I, i'm gonna stick with my rating but i, I do think that's a very good case to be made well for tony's that. wrong to start that's you. fine i listen <laughs> when you when you're in love you learn that it's okay that you're wrong sometimes you know you just wow yeah <laughs> well i'm in love with spider-man and i'm right so <laughs> <laughs> and with that uh we move on to our number three which in our aggregate rating is tick tick boom Speaking of a former Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, uh, wow, he brings the performance of a lifetime in this adaptation of this autobiographical musical written by Jonathan Larson that has now been turned into a feature film directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda in his directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it follows Jonathan leading up to his 30th birthday as he's trying to produce a musical in the 90s or, or, you know, it's almost the 90s. Almost the 90s. Um, yeah, and he, his struggles living in New York at the time and being an artist. This movie, personally, <laughs> it struck a chord with me. Uh, just, just I, I think the performances, the music, and just seeing this person who, I think it's very relatable at this current place we're in in the world where we all have dreams and the world is just pushing back at times. And to see this person who has so much talent just constantly pushing to make his passion a reality. Um, and to see that that someone who is this immensely talented, unfortunately, I mean, spoiler alert, they say that this in like the first two minutes of the movie, but he, you know, he does pass away before his musical rent, you know, goes to Broadway. Um, it, there is some heartbreak in there, but there's also just so much celebration of of the life that this person led uh, baked into this uh, retelling of Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, Let's turn it over to the non-musical theater person in the room. (laughs) So I obviously cannot, not obviously, sorry, audience. I cannot relate to uh, the like struggling artist aspect of this movie, right? And I think that that's like one of the pieces of when you look at these top five movies, I'm like, I think these are must-watch movies. The reason I say that about this one is because we, all of us at some point in our life, have felt an impending clock ticking down. And for this yeah. movie, it happens to be that he feels like that because he's at the age of 30, that he should have had X, Y, and Z already done. And I think that rings true for nearly everyone having the human experience, right? Yeah. We all have like, oh, I'm turning 25, I'm turning 30, I'm turning 40, I'm turning 50. We both turned 27 last We month. have the clock ticking down of like a new year is starting. So we all have felt that internal pressure of like, 
why am I not at a place that I should be? Or why is this project not done? Or why have yeah. I not done X, Y, and Z to this point? And I think that theme is the reason I would be like, yeah, I would recommend watching it to pretty much anyone. Yeah. This movie, again, I don't think that like the musical aspect infringes on the story as much. I just don't know how to explain that to people who <laughs> well, maybe don't watch musical theater movies because again, it's like Annie where like the whole, the whole storyline stops for the song to happen <laughs> and then we proceed. Whereas this, it kind of happens where we, he's frustrated. He walks up to a piano and starts singing what's happening or is right. explaining a song to someone. So it's not like it's infringing on the the storyline pushing forward, it's part of what's happening. Well, I feel like as as musical theater person, I think that is what good musical theater should mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I'm far from the first person to ever say this, but greater minds than mine have have said that, you know, characters saying when speaking is no longer enough. And I think mm-hmm. that being an extension of needing to express yourself is is used so well in this movie. And I think that is what musical theater should be and mm-hmm. is at its best. Um, yeah, I'm not as much of a fan of... The musicals where, you know, oh, it's time to sing a song. Everything stops. And- you know what I think it is? I think there's a general distaste for some musical movies because of, like, no offense, high school musical fans, so I can never be in a, <laughs> a new rendition of high school musical. But I think that, like, a lot of, like, our parents watched us watch that, and they're yeah. like, no way. Like, I can <laughs> I can see that from my own parents. You're like, no chance. I'm not watching a movie that has songs in it. And this, it doesn't, again, it doesn't, like... I'm thinking of one number in particular where, yes, it does center very much around the song that's happening. It completely transforms what is going on. However, like, I don't think most of it is that. I think most of it is we've all been at a place where we're living in a garbage apartment. We're trying to figure out how we're getting from point A to point B. And it seems like every hurdle has been placed in front of us to make it impossible. Yeah. And we keep getting doors closed in our face and you have to just keep pushing on or you have to decide that this goal is not possible for you and you have to make that decision. Do I pivot to something else? And that's a really hard thing to swallow. And I think this movie does a very good job of demonstrating that and showing his internal struggle with yeah. that decision. I think I think you've hit exactly on what makes this movie universal. If you are a musical mm-hmm. theater person, yes, you can relate to the the aspiration to be an artist and and the push for that. But if you're not, yeah, you perfectly laid out the way that this movie speaks to anyone. Um, Andrew Garfield gives a performance that is beyond awards worthy. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the entire cast is, is, super solid um who knew he could sing (laughs) there's the whole story about he he, lynn didn't know if he could sing and they both had the same masseuse and so we asked have you heard the story yeah i did yeah 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 and so we asked the masseuse oh yeah sure and no that she didn't know and and andrew Mm -hmm. garfield claims he couldn't sing and look at where he is he's he's Mm -hmm. does a fantastic job not only singing in general but also capturing Jonathan Larson. Yeah, I I do think this is a universal must watch. So, yeah. tick tick boom, see it. It's on Netflix for sure. Um, so <sighs> number two, we're in our top two, everybody, and this is where it gets a little gritty. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so our number two is Bo Burnham's Inside that was released on Netflix. Basically, Bo Burnham is a comedian and he shoots and performs a comedy special over the course of a year all alone with no crew and no audience in his home. This takes place during the pandemic and truly 
it is one of those things you can take at face value and probably still enjoy, or you can take it for this person having a very human experience and trying to find ways to express it to other people through song and comedy. And it's, I, yeah. uh, beyond words, I don't know. It's literally just Bo and his house, sometimes in his underwear, with like a hand light filming himself singing. Right. And it's amazing. I think this movie, or this this special, rather, mm-hmm. uh, it it is the perfect time capsule. I think when it comes to, in my mind, the best movies of 2021, there is nothing more 2021 than reflecting mm-hmm. on the year we experienced prior. Yeah. And I think this special has stuck with me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I mean, the parts that are funny, the parts that are heartbreaking, mm-hmm. I, it, as someone who, you know, in the future, hopefully looking back once we're hopefully past the pandemic, mm-hmm. you can relate to all of these different moments he's experiencing. And yeah, I mean, talk about, uh, we all went through the most isolating time and then mm-hmm. a special called Inside comes out where this person is utterly alone and trying to process it and and watching them uh, i you know there's a lot of people who who say like oh well you know he's d- doing this all by himself i guess anyone could have could have done that and it's like but they didn't <laughs> they didn't he did and not he only did. did he do it he did it at a at a level that is staggering i mean mm-hmm. the it's weird to talk about cinematography when it is a guy alone in his house yeah. doing it all by himself but like the use of this one space. He's doing lighting. He's doing audio. He's yes. doing green screen. He's like doing everything by editing by himself. And that's incredible in itself. Right. He wrote all of it. He performed. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about, I mean, I edit this podcast and I've had to like work on things <laughs> that I'm also featured in. Mm-hmm. And it is the roughest thing. Imagine mm-hmm. writing for yourself, then performing it, then reviewing your own performance of it. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's funny. I hadn't really i mean i'd seen some of his internet stuff back mm-hmm. in the day and i did see eighth grade which was his uh directorial debut mm-hmm. a couple of years ago i think i forget time is a is a concept far from <laughs> my understanding after the pandemic but uh i you know i i wasn't super familiar with him with his stuff but i think you know a lot of his work that i went back and sort of watched after seeing inside is weirdly it's very meta and it's about performing mm-hmm. and about performance yeah. anxiety and so you look at some of it and you're like oh it's <laughs> you'd feel like this is only relatable to performers and i mean some of it definitely hits um mm-hmm. but i think also this experience in particular of being in quarantine everyone who lived through this can relate to i will say um mm-hmm. as being a child of the internet i knew Bo way before <laughs> he was a comedian right. i was watching his stuff when i was alone in my bedroom at like Eight, when I was in eighth grade in like 2008, yeah. early 2000s. Um, and he had a lot of quote unquote edgier comedy in retrospect. Is it controversial pieces of it? Yeah. He has a whole song about that in this. He does. <laughs> he does. And he, he was a kid writing songs and jokes to other kids. And just so then to like fast forward and see him in this, it's so crazy to watch a person mature and be able to reflect on those moments. Like you said, and yeah. it is crazy to see how much his 
songwriting, quote unquote, because he's always done comedy linked to playing a piano in the background. And like, yeah, he's done stand up specials, but he originated being in his attic in his parents' house, um, his bedroom, like playing the piano and making up songs yeah. to sing to the internet. And it's very interesting to watch that evolution to this point to a person that literally he turned 30 when during a pandemic mm-hmm. and to basically be like, Oh, I grew up watching this person and now I'm watching them have this internal struggle that I'm also having. That's incredibly difficult to put into words. And yet somehow he explains it to you in a way that makes sense. Um, and it, he's not only commentating on that, he's commentating on the way we use social media and the way that we view each other through social media and how there are certain topics we don't take seriously enough, but we teach children about them in this lighthearted way, like global warming <laughs> and how, uh, even like the sexting song is like, so just, it's funny and it's light and it's thrown in the middle of all of this really heavy stuff. And it's, well, the sexting song is also not just about sexting. No. It's, it's, it's about a failure to communicate. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it, it's sort of everything that's in this. I mean, yeah, you can take, I mean, I would say the filler song in this one is, is, is entitled shit. And it's just about how yes. he feels like shit. And yeah. like it goes on for a hot second. And, you know, it, it serves its purpose. But I think mm-hmm. most of the songs here definitely explore, you know, isolation mm-hmm. and failure to communicate with others. And as far as the use of music in this, as, as much as we've been talking about musicals, I mm-hmm. argue that this is a musical mm-hmm. almost entirely. I mean, there are some spoken bits, but it's mostly a story conveyed through song. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Comedy songs, yeah, like some of his other stuff. You know, it's it's fun, goofy comedy songs. These are legitimately good songs. Yeah, like when who knew I, Bo Burnham can sing? Jesus. Not only can he sing, he can write. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, yes, we know he could write comedy and he, he's very intelligent. But like, mm-hmm. as far as the composition of the songs, my only, literally my only complaint with the songs <laughs> and Inside are that they're so short. Like yeah. some of them are just a verse and a chorus. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to, like, I want two verses, song. a bridge and, you know, multiple choruses because I want more. That's my only complaint um it's it is one of my favorite cinematic experiences period mm-hmm. um yeah i've as someone who just started using spotify i did not have a spotify rap however i did have a uh an apple mm-hmm. music what's the apple sorry equivalent? my like uh audible eye roll was because you just went to spotify <laughs> i did just switch to spotify but um my i think like out of my top 10 songs mm-hmm. like Six of them them. were from inside. Um, Yeah, no, I would say uh, there should be a trigger warning thrown on. There is Mm -hmm. discussion of uh, self-harm and suicide in Mm -hmm. one of the songs, um, which in context, I mean, yeah, it is about isolation and, and, you know, it is pertinent to the story. But if that is something that you're not able to handle at this moment, there also is at the very end, because it's discussed the way it is, uh, you know, a suicide prevention Mm -hmm. uh, hotline, you know, phone number, Um, so yeah, that is something to be aware of. And I think also too, it's, it's uh, Bo so doesn't shy away from the fact that like, it's the pieces in between the songs too, where you watch him do a take four times for like a line and you watch him like yell at himself because he's frustrated and you watch him like trying to set up lights and his perfectionism and his anxiety getting to him, even though there's no one there watching, he has like this pressure that's on him to get this right. And Genuinely, so I have not human. related to something more than mm-hmm. watching him start saying a verse of <laughs> look who's inside again. And then just like, nope, shit, he's nope, like, yep, yep, nope, <laughs> garbage do it again, like, like yeah. literally, yeah, 
Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, do, does every single thing apply to you? No, it's not going to. However, you watch a person struggle at those little things like that. And you see pieces of yourself in it. You hear certain songs and you're like, oh damn, that could not be more accurate. Even like the white woman Instagram thing. Right. It's so like, oh, all of these girls do the same thing. It's like, okay, are we really like, is it really about a girl posting a picture of a book on her Instagram? No, it's about how we are all looking at social media and seeing a formula to try to follow to gain followers and gain likes and gain notoriety. It's an image you're trying to put out there. Yeah. Correct. And it's, it's just, it's even the parts where he's not performing are so intentional and it's so good. I think the fact that he showed us moments that are Mm -hmm. so vulnerable, like Mm -hmm. I think that is what good art does. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's when people have the comment of like, Oh, I, I guess anyone could do that. Yeah. Anyone could, but I mean, are you willing to show yourself in those vulnerable mm-hmm. places the way he did? I think I, that that speaks yeah. so much to him as an artist. And so this is one of my favorite mm-hmm. things of all time, but certainly it is a must watch. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the last thing I will say. It is the opposite of Tick, Tick, Boom, where Tick, Tick, Boom is like, I have this impending clock where I feel like I haven't gotten to this place that I should be at. And I'm racing towards this timeline that I feel like I haven't completed. Yeah. Whereas inside Bo had such notoriety at such a young age. He's like, I've done all these things and I don't have an interest in doing them anymore. Now what do I do? Yeah. Um, Bo's and that's, clock has stopped. The, the ticking Bo is has like, stopped. I'm turning 30 and I literally don't want to do this shit anymore. So what do I do now? They also and both have songs about turning 30. <laughs> literally, they both have songs about turning 30. I don't know. I do like Bo's. It's pretty catchy. <laughs> Maybe that's why that's our list. We probably put these movies so high up because we're also both turning 30 in a few years. Yes. Oh. Um. But it is, it is so good. It's such, it's such a like documentary. Yeah. It's Truly. amazing. Yeah. Um, one of the best experiences of the year. Um, so now we finally get to approach <sighs> our number one, uh, which for the record, number two, we both put inside as number two. Mm-hmm. And we also both universally agreed on our number one. F9 starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Should we say also that this technically wasn't released in 2021? So here's well, here's the weird thing about like indie films. Yeah. I mean, technically it was shown before 2021. Mm-hmm. However, it did not get a theatrical like a, 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 I don't know if it was wide release, but it, it wasn't, wasn't released. <laughs> well, it was like five theaters. Like we happened, here's what yeah. happened. We saw Green Knight. Right. And we saw a like maybe 15 second preview for this movie. And we we're like, oh damn, we should go see that. It looks we so We look good. around. It shows at one movie theater in the city. Turns out when I looked afterwards, it only showed in five theaters in the nation the weekend that we happened to see it. Yeah. Granted, uh, this movie is now available to watch on Prime Video. So, mm-hmm. um, we would both highly recommend since it is our number one. This movie is entitled nine days. Who, how would you describe this movie, Marissa? Oh, you want me to give a description of this movie? I'm happy to give it a go, but I mean, if you, um, I'd go ahead. Okay. Well, no, um, here's the, here is what I struggle with. Mm -hmm. We went into this movie so blind. Yes. (laughs) And granted, this is a show about giving recommendations. And so I, I need to give some, but, um, truly, if you want to just take our word for it, go see Nine Days. Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is the end of the podcast for you. Have, uh, follow us on our socials, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you do need more, more uh, to, to be enticed a bit further than that, um, it stars uh, Winston Duke, who is a phenomenal actor. If, if you haven't seen him in Black mm-hmm. Panther, um, he was also in Us, which is another favorite of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about That's the closest thing to a horror movie that I really saw prior to 
to you, Marissa. <laughs> but um, basically, he uh, he's a man who lives in a house in the middle of what I seems have to be the, a void. And... I have the uh, brief description up if you want me to give that. You know what? Rather than me, sure, sure. Okay, let's see okay. what we got. So um, Winston Duke interviews five unborn souls to determine which should be given a new life on Earth and the unchosen ones facing oblivion. And that's the only description of the movie that's given. Yeah. And I mean, whew, these, these, these last three movies of our mm. list... Don't watch in in I mean, this order because what does this I feel say like... about us that our top three movies are all about like you, you know, know what it is is I think they universally speak to our generation as a whole of we all are living these like prime years of our life in like a weird doom pandemic and these all three are such human experiences that make it feel relatable to us that we don't want to re- we don't want to watch the action movie that like makes us distracted we want to feel something and these yeah. movies make this movie in particular too man i think you know escapism for some people is watching mm-hmm. a spider-man one night it certainly is for me at times mm-hmm. but um i think especially with what <laughs> the world is like right now well i, I felt like when we were all holed up inside we were doing all of the escapism and none of the feeling and oof. now it's like we have to step back into those human skins I mean, and we've been, feel things again. <laughs> we've been made to question what's important and reprioritize mm-hmm. and sort of think through what we want to do with our lives yeah. now that we are outside, um, you know, after inside. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And so this movie is all about determining that trajectory before the life has even begun. And mm-hmm. um, we do get to meet each of these uh, potential souls. souls. Um, played by a great cast oh of characters. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. They're all different, and Winston has to decide. And that's a th- thing that's interesting, is that you have someone who has human characteristics deciding who gets to go to Earth. So yeah. it's not unbiased, and that is what a lot of the movie ends up being, is that it's not an unbiased decision. He's making it based on previous experiences of different things. Yeah. And so he sees certain characteristics in certain souls and decides based on that. And yeah. it's, oh, it uh, hurts. I, mean, I don't really know. So I think that the way that each candidate is questioned is, mm-hmm. is just fascinating to watch. Um, uh, the candidates include uh, Bill Skarsgård is one of them. Zazie Beetz is incredible. Mm-hmm. Tony Hale, who is what such a, a goofy character. He's in this. so good. <laughs> um, goodness, I, there's others, but I, those are the standouts for me. Um, I, I mean, you see him sort of process what he wants to allow into mm-hmm. you know the living world, the world, and you feel for this guy who mm-hmm. has struggled. Um, once again, a a uh, trigger warning. A trigger warning should definitely be issued. Um, there are there are discussions of suicide in this mm-hmm. movie as well, um, and uh, you know, wondering what makes life worthwhile. Um, and I think, you know, this movie is heartbreaking at times. It is beautiful it's, overall. Yeah, there is like it's it's one of those things where it's like you he has his reasons for deciding on certain things and it's not going to be spelled out for you. So if you're expecting the reasoning and things like that to be perfectly spelled out for you, you're going to the wrong place. You have to kind of infer what certain things mean. Um, That doesn't mean you're going to be lost. I'm just saying like you do got to pay attention a little bit. Um, But it is one of those things where it's like, 
there is such deep pits of sadness and then there is these glimpses. It's it's literally life. There's deep pits of this sadness and then there's these glimpses of these joyous moments that are created that are just where your senses are overwhelmed by all of these good things that are happening and you watch the characters get to like flourish and enjoy those moments and then kind of come back to reality. And it's amazing. And Winston's monologue at the very end of this movie, I would pay to (laughs) go see in a theater again because literally the last like 10 minutes of this movie. And when Winston starts his monologue by himself at the very end, like I sobbed through the entire thing. He's I th- I'm great. I think I he sobbed at all most of these movies, but this was the one that got you. <laughs> oh my god! Well, he his his performance in general is isn't subdued during the movie, but that's kind of what his character well, I is. I think part of it is. I mean, his character has sort of become numb to mm-hmm. a lot of. He has a guard up. Yes, and you you see that the whole movie, so you don't get this mm-hmm. big crazy performance out of Winston. You just get very intentional actions. I think when you get characters like that, I think there's a lot of movies that do have characters that are kind of numb or subdued. Mm -hmm. And some of the, you know, sometimes you see a performance where it is sort of one note and it's like, Oh, this person doesn't have much range, blah, blah, blah. But the Mm -hmm. fact that we do see growth within this character and taking it, you know, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, that's any character you want a good arc. And it's like, you see him start in this place and you see the way that he develops without Mm -hmm. spoiling it. Um, and you see that range that he has. And like, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always known he's a great actor, but this movie proves that I, yeah, Blown he's a favorite. Away. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. So a universal must watch aside mm-hmm. from the trigger warning. Um, I think everyone should see this. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that surmises our best <sighs> cinematic experiences of 2021. Um, and you know, they're, is no one who I'd rather... I'm going to be sappy here. I'm sorry, Marissa. Oh, you there's you there's out, no kids. one who I'd rather see any of these movies with than, than Marissa. And I'm very lucky to have someone in my life who I can share a love of good movies with. Um, but I'm also... I'm just going to get past the schmaltziness. I'm also very lucky to have uh, an outlet here to share my love of movies as well. So if you saw movies that we mentioned or ones that we did not mention that you want to throw you know, into the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, you can connect with the show on social media. Um, and you can specifically connect with Marissa. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or... Sure. What I was going to say was if you love movies and you're interested in making your own top 10 movie for the following year, you should definitely sign up for AMC A-List if you happen to have AMC anywhere near you. Um, you pay for a subscription. You Babe, can see up not... three movies a week. Hey, I'm trying to get you I'm an not... spot here. I'm just saying that they could insert they it right here. haven't paid me for here. that yet, though. I'm anyway, not my name is Marissa. You can find me on Instagram at Marissa L. Flores, or you can find my podcast, Your Friends Suck, um, hosted by myself and my friend Alyssa, where we talk about all the topics your sucky friends don't want to talk about um and we also sometimes give advice because your friends just they're not very good at it so (laughs) we'll be the good friends for you yeah it's a good time over there so definitely check out your friends suck and uh yeah thank you so much for for being up to the chatting about this thank you all for letting me be here to cut them off when we got a little too long-winded on certain (laughs) things i'm so glad you had me on again this is where i'm fading out over you saying if you're looking if you're looking to pay somebody for a podcast this is the one i will take a free Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We truly had 
the best time. I wanna thank Marissa again. I know I have a strong bias, but I think she brought so much to this conversation and I love her. <laughs> so you can follow her, as she said, at Marissa L. Flores on social media. I'm Tony Pinella. You can follow me at Tony Pinella. If you ended up watching any of these movies that we recommended, feel free to let me know, uh, either on my personal social media or through the show's social media. You can also follow the Fandom Handbook for future episodes. I know I'm currently watching through a lot of Batman because Robert Pattinson is putting on the cowl in late February. So if you want to catch future episodes, be sure to follow the podcast on well, whatever service you're listening to it on right now. <laughs> also, be sure to give us a rate and review if you want. And you can follow the Fandom Handbook on social media. It is at fandom underscore handbook. That's F-A-N-D-O-M underscore H-A-N-D-B-O-O-K. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful new year, and I hope you tune in next time. And as always, nerd out. Oh, wait. I'm not doing the outro. You're doing I'm, the outro. I, I've already faded out. Oh, I've already man. faded out at this point. There's no way. I, oh, unless you want Find to... the fandom handbook on Instagram. <laughs> Give it a like. Give this a subscribe. Oh, Leave a review. Goodness. Don't let my review be the top one, please. Yeah, thanks. The one review is hitting on me. That's, Woo. oh my God. I mean, at least it's five stars, you know? I'll take five it. Five stars. I would, what if I gave you four and did it? <laughs> You're like, four stars. Maybe take me out and see if there's an extra star in it for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being here, Tony. Um, oh, is this your podcast now? Uh, yeah. If you wanted to learn more about Spider-Man before you go see the new Spider-Man No Way Home, go listen to the previous I've already, episode. I've already cut um, off If you have point, any Marissa. recommendations for different uh, fandoms that you want to hear about, <laughs> leave us a comment on Instagram and we'll be sure to hit those up. Um, we do have Batman coming up this year, so look forward to that. Maybe we'll do a Fast and Furious uh, no, installment of never. Fandom Handbook. Never. Cutting off the recording right now. No. Boom. <laughs>